0: If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Happy Good Friday, afternoon. everybody. <laughs> that was You looked at me <laughs> and I just knew it was coming. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Wherever you
2: may be listening.
1: However you may be listening. On the radio. On the streamer. <laughs> hey, do we have an app yet? <sighs> and if so, why not? Or if not, I mean, if so, why not? We
2: don't. I've had some email exchanges actually just this week about that very topic. Like,
1: why Why? <laughs> why is it this done yet? Yeah. I'm going to jump in onto that email and ask the same thing. It's on the list. It's on the list. Uh, however you're joining us and wherever you're joining us from, we... So grateful that you are doing so. Friday, so grateful. So grateful. Friday, july tenth, two thousand twenty. Eric Franson there. I'm AJ Salveson. It is the Full Court Press on one oh six and FM thirteen ninety AM the fan.
2: You got like a little kerchief going on or
1: so no, I'm sorry. A... I'm I'm protecting the world by an, wearing a mask. An
2: Ascot. Is I went, that what
1: that's called? I went to a restaurant. Oh, okay. So hey, by the way, I got a really It's very
2: fancy looking.
1: I got a really well okay, so story about that. Like as you can tell, um, because the way it is, uh, in regards to the decorated, it is to support the police. I didn't know that a blue line on it meant it was supporting the police. Yeah. And, um, this is me really awkward to say, I actually don't fully support like the police brutality. So someone had asked me about it and I was like, wait, what do you mean? And they're like, wait, you don't know what that means? Said, so what 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 means? I mean, I'm wearing a dang mask. Isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing? And they said, no, it's the blue line. You support police. Or I mean, so can I ask because you're color, do you, you know, what are your thoughts on the police brutality? And I was like, oh, fetch, dude. We got here we go. So, um, I don't support police brutality. I think we have some great there are some bad officers that I've met, and there are some good officers that I've met. Uh so I actually turned it inside out so I don't have to yeah. Dude, it was awkward. I'm telling you, it was awkward. Just... Uh, do you support Believe Fratelli? Yeah, which... What do you think? <laughs> Jeez. Goodness what? gracious. Silly question. Hey, uh, Eric, uh, really quickly, want to get to a, a text message we got uh, after the show. Actually, no, this is today. Excuse me. Uh, from 9315. 9315 has been our best texter so far. Frequent. Regular. Yes, and a great texter, and we appreciate nine three one five. He uh, sends out a message. Could to be f- a she. Oh uh, yeah, sorry, crap. She or he or she. No, just nine three one five. Oh, just okay. refer to nine three one sorry five. Sorry, there, proper number. call. Uh, can I read it now, or do you want to interrupt me some <laughs> more? Oh, I don't know. I may reserve judgment on whether I want to. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to send a big thank you to the full court press in these rough sports times. You guys do a great job at keeping up with the sports issues, especially Utah State. Unlike some people down south that always try to put their Dreamer 1984 hats on, Ben Criddle, we're looking at you, you keep it realistic when it comes to Utah State and other sports. Love the fact that the fans can call in or text to be interactive. Again, thank you. No, thank you, 9315, and to all our, all our textures. 5338, you know what? Thank you for texting in all the time. Um, thank you to 2776 6436 6294 and so many more who have uh, been a part of our show. We're grateful, always grateful to have you guys join us in wherever and however you can. If you want to text in today, same way as always, 435 yep, 339 Sorry, I over- talked over the number. You say it one more time. you never done that before. <laughs> Uh, four three five three three nine zero three two one to text in. Uh, would love to hear from you on the uh myriad of issues going on here in college football, and you also hear from Mike Conley, Quentin Snyder, and Rudy Gobert after they can uh after they arrived in Orlando and got ready for day one of practice. Day two is today, and then they'll have media availability again, and then day three tomorrow. You were saying? Oh, well, I was just saying that we
2: love the interaction. He, he, when you oh, it makes it so when you fun. agree with us. When you call us out on things that you disagree yeah. with, that's we love that.
1: Yeah. So by the way, I want to make it clear. Speaking of which, five three three eight. I do not hate you. I think you have great. The fact that you disagree with me is really good. You should disagree with me. If everybody agrees with everything I say, you would be wrong ninety percent of the time, like I probably am. For example, <laughs> for me, not including J C Carroll into our top ten or top five greatest Aggies ever.
2: That's still going to go down as one of the worst takes of all time so, in the history of the world.
1: The look you gave me when I gave when I gave number two and number one, you were just
2: great. Skip, Skip Bayless has made a lot of really, really, really bad takes, and yours Thanks. has got to be exceeding. Thanks for setting Any our
1: text slang on fire. Uh, 2776, <laughs> I'm thankful for whenever AJ Knight is filling in for some sensible sports takes. AJ Knight doesn't have one sensible sports take yet. But we appreciate. He must be a big fan of the uh, morning show VFX, <laughs> which I, I don't blame you. It's a great show. It's better when I'm on, but it's great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, AJ Knight is great. We appreciate him for filling in every now and then when he's able to. Uh, he does a really, really good job, and has uh, always came prepared uh, on the all, all various of issues we've had. So again, if you want to text in four three five three three nine zero three two one, if you agree or disagree, always happy to chat with you. Uh it's, uh it's always good to have that interaction with our wonderful listeners. And thanks for joining us today. I know it's been tough through this COVID-19 situation uh, of, of us trying to put the show together to make sure you, we entertain you guys through it all. But it's going to get better. In about three weeks, it is going to get better. And, but Eric, at the same time, it could get worse in two to three weeks, depending on what this college football announcement ends up being.
2: Hard to know. Yeah, people are reacting now. Other conferences are reacting now to the decision from um, you know, from the Big Ten. Their decision to only do conference games, and it really caught, it caught other conferences by surprise as we're reading more about the reactions to this announcement. Uh, there were other conference leaders, commissioners, that were on a, a conference call, the Big Ten people were on, and they didn't get any indication that that announcement was going to come yesterday afternoon.
1: Yeah, and It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, they, like you said, they're supposed to have a conference call this morning, and a lot of Power 5 commissioners all kind of thought in the same realm of, we will wait until today when we have a conference call to see what everybody's kind of thought process is and what your decisions have been. Not to try to coerce anybody to say, hey, you're going to do this instead. You're going to do what we want you to do. It was, what have you met with your board of governors? What have they decided? What is your thought process and what is your plan? Big 10 comes out yesterday and says we're going to go full uh, conference schedule only and like you said it took the SEC off guard they were upset it took the Big 12 off guard they were upset it took the ACC off guard they were upset Um, and so it presented this big problem and as Henry Dinich says it created this domino effect as well
3: I asked um, Kevin Warren what he thought his decision, how it would impact his peers in the Power Five, and he said they need to do what's best for them and their student-athletes. He pointed out, I'm in a conference that goes from Nebraska to New Jersey, and everyone is in different states. I will tell you that I had two SEC sources tell me this morning that the athletic directors are going to meet on Monday in a meeting that was planned long before the Big Ten made its announcement, and I'm told from the SEC sources that they're in no rush and they might not make a decision on this until later this month. But you could see other conferences like the Pac-12 or the ACC move a little bit more quickly.
1: In fact, speaking of the ACC, their commissioner, John Swelford, made a statement earlier today. That statement is as follows, quote, The health and safety of our student-athletes, coaches, and administrators remains the ACC's top priority. As we continue to work on the best possible path forward for the return of competition, We will do so in a way that appropriately coincides with our university's academic missions. Over the last few months, our conference has prepared numerous scenarios related to the fall athletics this season. The league membership and our medical advisory group will make every effort to be as prepared as possible during these unprecedented times, and we anticipate a decision by our board of directors in late July. So like you said, Eric, the SEC and the ACC are going to take their I'm not going to say sweet time, but they're going to make sure they get it right, and I think that's the most important thing for them. But really, the most I think getting it right is probably going to fall in line with what the uh, what the Big Ten has done. I think that's what you're going to probably see.
2: Yeah, Bob Bowlesby uh, saying in a, in a report today, saying he was surprised. Said so I've been a call on a call earlier in the day, and it didn't sound like that was going to happen. But strange things occur during meetings, and you don't always have control over them. So I understand those things. It's a bit of a kind of a big thing to just come out of nowhere. Uh, Mid American Conference, they were shocked by it. Um, but Big Twelve, ACC, and it looks like the SEC as well. They're looking at. They're going on record saying they're watching this closely. They're probably not going to make anything official until the end of July, but. There is some speculation that the ACC may be moving more toward, closer towards the Big Ten model. And if they do that, um, well, I, I actually, the, the biggest question is about the Pac-12 for us and our neck of the woods. Uh, the Big Ten decision has affected San Jose. It has affected Air Force. For some reason, I didn't catch those when I was looking at the schedules. Uh, San Jose had a game scheduled against Penn State. Poof, that's gone. Uh, Air Force was scheduled to play against Purdue. Uh, But if the Pac-12 makes a decision, almost literally almost every school in the Mountain West has at least one game scheduled against a Pac-12 opponent. Hawaii has three. So that's a a significant blow to the Mountain West. And what happens to uh, if if everybody decides to go this conference-only route and that becomes the dominoes that fall as they are, and that's the way that the things start to play out what happens to schools like Notre Dame and BYU Notre Dame already has several games already kind of have a loose scheduling agreement with the ACC do they basically move closer to being full fledged ACC for this or are they left on their own to try to fill out the rest of a of a schedule
1: i'd be i'd be really shocked if the ACC said no to Notre Dame I'd be really shocked. You think about a Power 5 team like Notre Dame with the prestige and, and the illustrious, you know, uh, university that it is in regards to football. You don't it's think national ACC brand. schools. And come on, Clemson and Notre Dame in a regular season conference scheduled game? Yes, please. Absolutely. Twice over. But the problem for BYU is is that, and we talked about this, uh, I mean, ad nauseum yesterday, but they burned so many bridges. Uh, with the Mount West Conference, and then they thought, you know, hey, we're getting to the Big Twelve. Uh, they got played like a fiddle and uh, lost that opportunity, or at least didn't ever get the opportunity. And so it's funny because uh, now you have BYU fans coming out and saying, well, you know what? We don't need the Mount West Conference. Well, you know what? You sure damn do. Actually, you don't. If you don't have that Mount West Conference, enjoy playing Liberty, UMass, and Cornell, or whoever it is going to be twice, twice, man. And for man, that's for your schedule. And so you're gonna you go, un, and then you're gonna go undefeated and say, "Yeah, we belong yeah, in the college football good. playoff."
2: You you follow Boney Fuller?
1: I I do, but it's more out of sarcastic yeah. humor than anything.
2: Same. Uh, he is a big time BYU fan and does a lot of parody, satire stuff. It's against, funny stuff against really BYU is. opponents. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, sometimes pokes fun at, at BYU as an institution. Uh, was it earlier today? I think it was earlier today, said it's time to release the BYU uh, football schedule video. And it's a picture of BYU players lined up against Liberty and it's the uh, insurance company jingle and just (laughs) plays in a loop. (laughs) Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. (laughs) So, I mean, BYU has three games scheduled currently against Mountain West opponents. Only three. Uh, They have three games scheduled against the Pac-12. They had two games scheduled against the Big Ten. Those have already been canceled. So if the SEC, excuse me, if the Pac-12 announces they're not going to do non-conference games, that's five games already that are just gone from BYU's schedule. And does you know, what do they do? Do they come to the Mountain West and say, hey, you, uh, you've got games against the Pac-12 that are gone? You've got some games against the Big 10 that are gone. Can we work something out to fill those fill those games and help each other out here?
1: Yeah, and again, it's an awkward situation for BYU to be in, but again, they put themselves in this situation. They put themselves there. Nobody else put them there. They thought that they were good enough to be an independent team and then they go out there and they you know, they get a couple of wow, where did that come from kind of wins and then all of a sudden they have a couple of where did you go losses. And they're at six and five, and they're going to a mediocre bowl game that's already set in set in place for them. Uh, and now they feel like they're still the better, you know, that they get they should get the special treatment. And that's not how it goes for you, Provo. I know you think you're way above and beyond what everybody else is doing, but you're not. Especially in college football, you could easily be the laughing stock. And I think some. There are probably some teams and maybe a couple teams in the Mount West who are laughing at him right now. Uh, Really quickly, the NCAA released a statement late last night. I want to read this. uh, And as I read this, just try to let this marinate in your mind what exactly the NCAA is trying to state. Quote, as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to impact college sports nationally, the NCAA supports its members as they make important decisions based on their specific circumstances. And in the best interest of college athletes, health and well-being. End quote. So what I get from that, Eric, and maybe you get something different, is we have no idea what the crap to do. So we're going to let you make the decision and pray that it goes well. Because there is nothing like at it all a declaration of we're going to take control. We're going to be okay. We're going to find a way. It is, hey, commissioners, this is what we pay you the big bucks for. <laughs> go out and go get it now. Uh, that That's a... Uh...
2: You talk about BYU making their bed and having to sleep in it. This is yeah. the same thing with the NCAA. They have sure. allowed these powerful conferences to dictate to their own devices uh, how they want to do things. And now when it comes time where we need a national standard and something that we can all agree on and have some leadership on how this game is to be played, that leadership does not exist. That power and authority does not exist. So... Everybody's kind of left to their own devices to figure it out on their own.
1: Yeah, and, that's <laughs> and that can be really scary um, based on where commissioners' eyes are at and if they have a specific agenda. The SEC has an agenda, and that's to play football this fall. The question is, does the SEC, Eric, have that much power that where everybody's kind of saying, you know what, maybe we should play in the spring. Commissioners meet together, the power five heads. And the SEC says, no, we're going to play in the fall and we're going to play a conference-only schedule with rivalry games as a ninth game. Does everybody fall in line and say, you know what, let's do
2: it? Well, it, it could be very po- much possible that everybody says we're doing conference games plus one. And uh, especially if you're the Big 12, you need an extra game in there. But if you're uh, – say that there's, it's conceivable that they do a, a conference-only schedule uh, but that, and that's what most people agree to do. I think it's very well possible that you could see some start in September and some decide, no, we're going to delay this. Uh, we'll start in October. We'll start conference-only games, but we're only going to start in October. While some could just start in late August. But if we're only playing conference-only, it doesn't matter. So everybody could be on kind of altering schedules here And maybe somebody decides, we're going to do conference only, but we're going to play in the spring. Because then they could set their own rules. They don't have to care about anybody else anywhere else. I don't know how you do bowl games. I don't know how you do a national championship. I think you have to throw that all out the window. If somebody decides, we're going to do conference only, but uh, we're going to start in February. (laughs) I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. I mean, the way things have been going this year. Yeah. It's hard to predict anything like that, and man, if I am a, if I own a bowl, if I am a part of a bowl committee, good heavens, I'm, I'm as stressed as anybody right now that that thing's even going to happen.
1: Yeah, that's the other question that comes to mind: is if you play a conference-only schedule, how how do bowl games get handled? Because you have so many bowl games, I think they cut some of the bowl games out and they say, you know what, we can't this year. We're going to limit the bowl games. We're going to limit this just to try to limit traveling and whatnot. And uh Well the
2: requirement for six wins has to go out the
1: window. Oh yeah, that's gone. Oh heavens, yes. That's absolutely blown out. So if
2: you play a nine game schedule, if you have
1: five wins, if you're at least like one game above five hundred, you're okay. You know what I and this is gonna sound really this is gonna sound odd and maybe even dead right crazy, but uh you let the Bulls pick what teams they want. So for example, you have your Bull Champions or you have your conference championship teams, they go to what would be that number one seeded bowl game as the conference champion. After that, you know, after the New York Six, after the you know all those bowls pick their games, you let the other second tier bowls pick teams to play in those bowl games. The ones who are allowed to have a bowl game, let them pick the teams and the matchups based on bowl tier, uh, based on what's it called, rank, if you will, of Bulls, You know whether it's by payout or whatever the situation is, you let them pick the teams. Because if you do five-win teams, this thing is going to turn out to be a disaster, and it's going to be some ugly football.
2: Uh, Aj, what if, if the NCAA had a little more teeth and a little more authority and prestige as an organization, as a governing body, what if they threw out a thing a situation that said some conferences span a, a broad geographic area. And like take the Big 10. Um you you're from what Nebraska to Maryland. I'm listening. What if they say we're we're going to we're going to do away with the traditional conference model and you're only going to play games Within your geographic area, to limit travel, to limit exposure, and if there's a hot zone in that general geographic area, then you are all delayed together. Would it be possible to draw geographic zones and say?
1: Are we still talking about bowl because games? then
2: you're cross over? You mean you could have Big Ten, Big Twelve, MAC, all kind of scheduling each other. Pac-12, Mountain West. Obviously, there's already kind of a carryover there. There's only two conferences. But once you get further into the Midwest and into the East and into the South, I mean, you could have different scheduling arrangements with the Sun Belt and the SEC, the American, and you're just keeping things a little more regionally based. I don't know. Just a thought. It'd be really hard to pull off.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it's a tree and idea. And look, don't throw any. don't Because throw anything the way it is right window, now, here.
2: I mean, the way it is right now, you've got some games where if we're gonna stick to conference only, there's a team we could play that's literally just down the road, but they're in a different conference, and we could get on a bus and travel there. Instead, we're gonna go take a three hour, four hour flight, flight across the to country to go play a team, and it just puts people. If we're if we're strictly talking about player safety, should we be considering a
1: model like that? It's a good idea. It's a good point. You bring up a really, really good point. Uh, Really quickly, one more thing from Heather Dinich on this Big Ten decision. Uh, Before, there's still things to be cleared up.
3: Now he said there's not a right time or a wrong time because the situation is so fluid. And there are also details yet that still need to be worked out. Will they play 10 conference games like Gene Smith would like to see? How will they determine their conference champion? Those are all things that he said will be worked out over the next couple of weeks.
1: What do you mean, how do you determine your conference champion? You play division opponents. You have the best record in the conference. You move on to the conference championship. Oh, you the two try-
2: best teams in each division face know, off.
1: Why the heck? That's so complicated. Okay. Now, for teams who don't have a mount conference championship game, does everybody have a conference championship game now? Big 12 does, right? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure Big everybody 10, does. SEC, Pac-12, yeah. Everyone should have a conference championship game. So, Okay, well, I guess that's all. So, yeah, there's nothing complicated about it. It's all settled. So, uh, But the question is, is if they use that plus one game, for example, the SEC with the ACC because of rivalries, like Florida State and Florida, right? Uh, South Carolina and Clemson's been axed, but maybe it gets reinstated or at least... Maybe brought back to the schedule plan if if things can be fixed out. The thing is, is that with this whole entire schedule and this whole entire uh, conference only thing, there's again you're going to hear the word you've heard it for the last four months. You're going to hear it for the next three weeks. Is fluid. It's going to change day by day, week by week. Just however it goes. And the biggest question we still have is fall or spring. Now, of course, as uh, you uh, you put out to us yesterday that Henry Dinich. I said, she had talked to a lot of people and still everyone's saying, you know what? We just want, you know, fall football. Yeah, we all do. No, no crap. But the problem is, is who the decision of this, of all of when is played, when or who is playing, where is all made by this order. <laughs> Coronavirus state and local government, uh, commissioners of power five and then athletic directors. You can flip four and five if you want. But number one is coronavirus, and number two is the state and local health departments. They will make the decisions, not the commissioners. And I think sometimes the commissioners seem to forget that.
2: Yeah, that's true. As much as maybe we we really, really, really want something to happen, just because we really, really want it to happen doesn't mean, doesn't mean yeah. the, the virus just magically goes
1: away. Absolutely. And
2: the health officials that can make those determinations, whether you agree with them or not, whether you agree with they have the power and authority to make those decisions or not, the fact of the matter is they have that authority and they they could decide, you know what, uh, start limiting things back again. It, it would make it impossible for a team to get together to hold practices and therefore have a game. So l- let's, let's hope that uh, people take their personal responsibility like they should and wear the masks, physically distance, good hygiene, and we'd we be better because we haven't been that great in America here well, this summer. And uh, it, it's putting the, 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 the top-rated, uh, highest level of sports in jeopardy. Uh, and Think so about that. This be alone
1: is taking college football And putting it upside down on its own head. That's what it's the most powerful sport in college athletics. Millions or billions of dollars. And coronavirus alone has taken that and flipped it backwards. Into a tailspin that we don't know if we're going to get out of by this fall. And if we don't, and if we get to spring and coronavirus doesn't settle the matter, we may not be looking at college football for a whole entire year.
2: Well, holy cow. If that happens... You're gonna see so many
1: different sports yeah. canceled. Canceled. Absolutely. And and, and, and we're not gone. And, and that's the thing. We're not just talking about rowing and uh, axe throwing and cornhole. We're talking or spike ball, sorry, everybody. Uh, we're talking about like real um, Women's Volleyball. Women's volleyball. Gymnastics. Gymnastics, golf tennis, tennis. um, yeah, real like big time sports are going to be canceled if, if this doesn't work out. So cross your fingers and just hope for the best, and we'll, we'll go from there and be safe. Make good decisions. We got to take a break. Coming back, you're going to hear from Mike Conley, Quinn Snyder, Rudy Gobert, and the Jazz Media Availability. It's Eric Franson. And I'm- I was just going to say, having fun in camp in Orlando. I wish I went to a Did camp. Did you see like what like they that, were eating? Like the mills? No. Oh, dude, it looks like you got it from an elementary cafeteria. <laughs> it wasn't great. Eric Franson, I'm Audrey Salveson. It's 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and 106.9thefan.com.
0: Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Eric Franson, LJ Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and 106.9thefan.com. Thanks for joining us on a Friday afternoon. Hope yours is as good as ours. We will uh, look forward to be talking to you on Monday as well. Um, And uh, Jazz will be getting ready to uh, get ready for one of their first scrimmages in this exhibition. Uh, I guess three scrimmages they'll have. It's an exhibition for them to be able to kind of get their feet back underneath them and get used to playing live basketball again. Hey, just a, a
2: quick thing from our text line. Uh, again, 435-339-0321. Is that right? Go ahead. 435 yeah, you got it, man. Good call. Okay, this is a text coming in from 9315. If BYU picks up a bunch of Mountain West games to replace their other games, I hope they use that as motivation so that everybody kicks their butts and teaches them to think the Mountain West Conference is not very good.
1: Yeah, the whole thing of like, hey, we're better than you, and we could go in and prove it. The thing is, though, Eric, is that I really think BYU is a good football team this year. I think they're stacked, and I think they're loaded. Um, I don't know if they would beat the likes of a Boise State team. Who's it, Boise oh, State's just Boise so well is Very yeah. loaded this year. Yeah, this year they're absolutely stacked. And by the way, we're not just talking about football. Basketball is Derek Austin Jr. just announced he's coming back. That team is going to be. Uh, Probably running the show here, at least in the uh, Mountain Division. But in regards to football, they're really good. Uh, if BYU and Boise State get that showdown, it is good for ratings. It's good for the Mountain West Conference. Uh, but again, I don't like the attitude that BYU brings into it, where they say, "You know, we're going to come in for one year, beat you guys up, take our paycheck, get out the door, and go find another place to play."
2: No, that that doesn't. Yeah, that's not very palatable. But not a popular opinion. But if you look at it strictly for ratings purposes, fan attendance, and competitive reasons it makes sense to have BYU play Mountain West schools. They're old rivalries. Fans will show up for those games. I know we want to hold on to the the, the attitudes and the personal feelings against BYU, which are absolutely justified. But from a financial standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, and from an historical standpoint, it makes a lot of sense for those games to be played. Good for you. But I know that's not a very popular opinion. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz.
1: Let's do talk. Let's about hear them. from them. Let's uh, let's do talk about the Utah Jazz. Let's do hear from them. We're going to start off with Mike Conley, and then we're going to hear from Coach Quinn Snyder, and then you're going to hear from Rudy Gobert. It's about twenty minutes long. We might have to cut it just a bit short if needed to, uh, just for time purposes. But we'll try to get you as much as possible. Here is Mike Conley talking uh, about the Utah Jazz, who have arrived in Orlando after practice number one.
0: Hey, Mike. This is uh, Eric from the Salt Lake Tribune. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Uh, just wondering if you could kind of give me your first impressions of what it's been like in the bubble these last few days, and and what it was like to finally kind of get back to a team practice after uh, this amount of time.
4: Oh man, it was a uh, it was interesting to say the least. You know, having to come in, uh, get tested, and go directly to our rooms for you know a thirty six hour, forty eight hour uh, quarantine isolation. It was a uh, it was different, but um, you know, guys made it through. We Stayed on the video game, and hung out a little bit that way, and uh, through our through our text messages and stuff, just found a way to pass the time until we got to today. And um, you know, guys were looking forward to the day. You know, there was guys. You know, you can tell we've done a lot of work over the last few weeks, uh, last few months. So uh, just excited to see to see the guys excited again and, and ready to hoop.
5: Okay, great. Next uh, question will be from uh, Andy Larson. Andy.
6: Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah, Andy Larson, Trib too. I uh, wanted to ask you kind of, there's been a lot of talk about the food, the hotel, you know, all that kind of stuff there in Orlando. Just your experience with, with that part of it.
4: Um, you know, everything's, you know, new, man. They had to, you know, try to throw this thing together and, and get us on the court uh, as safely as possible, the best way as possible. So I know they're doing the best they can. Um, obviously, you know, we can get used to one thing, but food is food at the end of the day. I think guys are. Um, you know, just getting used to it and trying to adjust. I think this whole situation that we're in right now is is, is who's going—who's going to adjust quickest? And um, you know, not make excuses and go out there and then you know, make do with what we got.
5: Okay, great. Uh, next question will be from Ben Dowsett. Ben,
1: hi, Mike. Ben Dowsett with Forbes Sports. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, Mike, Dennis, Lindsay said yesterday that he, you said you were feeling some of the best you have in years uh, during this this break period. What were you able to do, uh, and what do you think contributed to that? And how excited are you moving forward as far as the actual basketball and how ready you are to play?
4: Um, you know, thankfully, I was able to do everything during this this quarantine and and you know three four months away from the game. I was able to just continue doing what I've been doing and. Um, I never took a break, you know, I never had time off and just kept, you know, kept in the gym, kept working, kept running, uh, kept lifting, you know, just doing the things that's going to keep me healthy and uh, keep me on the court and then performing at the you know, highest level I can. So um, with all that, man, I'm just, you know, anxious and excited to get out there and, and uh, you know, continue to do this.
5: Okay, great. Um, I I don't actually have any other hands up here, so we may be done. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. We now have one more hand up. <laughs> My bad. We will go ahead with Brian uh, McDonald. And anyone else who has questions, please raise your hand now or forever hold your peace. Ryan?
2: Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> I'm just wondering, ha- have you had a chance to, to look it all around, or was it how straight to practice was it after getting out of the quarantine today?
4: Um, sure, we got cleared around uh, 2.30 or 3, somewhere around there, and we went straight from there to the training room to get taped and ready to practice. And we had a little meeting right before we went on to the court. So, you know, it was basically yeah. from – you know, being cleared to the to the gym, and uh, we haven't really had a chance to walk around at all. Um, I know guys are anxious, just get out the room and get some fresh air and uh, move around a little bit and see what's going on. Thanks.
5: Okay, uh, next question we have from Ryan Miller. Ryan.
6: Hey Mike, Ryan Miller from KSL, um, just kind of take us through the practice. How were things coming together as a team again after this four month hiatus?
4: Uh, man, it's been great. I think, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes of this, uh, practice was just hooping, you know, coach let us go out there and, and, you know, kind of get body to body and get physical again. Something we haven't been able to do uh, in a long time. And, um, you know, guys, obviously there's gonna be a little bit of rest here and there just with timing. but. Guys had great energy. Guys came back in shape. Um, Nobody was, you know, you know, on their hands on knees, none of that. Guys were in shape and 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 ready to play jazz basketball. You saw a lot of the the plays you're you're accustomed to seeing, where the ball moved, you know, four or five times around the, you know, from corner to corner and things like that. So um, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting to see the guys just kind of, you know, be here, be ready, uh, day one. Great.
5: Um, We have another question. This one's from uh, Dan Wolke. Dan.
0: Hey, Mike. Can you hear me? All right. Uh, Dan, Wakey you with the LA Times. Uh, I'm curious. What, what's the mindset when you check into a hotel room and you don't know if you're going to be there for 60 or 70 days <laughs> or or maybe longer? Um, it's an experience that almost never happens in life. What, what was that like?
4: Uh, it's a it's a kind of a, a surreal kind of thing. You know, you kind of you know, I woke up this morning and thought I was in Utah, you know, I didn't know where I was at. So um, it's it's going to take an adjustment period. I think for us, we've got to kind of think of it as like a, you know, a summer summer house that we're going to be working out in and we're going to be away from people for a little bit. So um, it is unique in the sense that we're going to be in the same place for so long and uh, around the same people and such a you know bubble type of atmosphere. But um, it's new for everybody. So uh, I think, you know, we're all just going to try to you know, take it in a stride together and uh, figure it out together.
5: Okay, great. We are done officially now. Thanks so much, Mike.
4: All right, thank y'all.
5: Okay. Uh, we are going to start here with Andy Larson. Andy.
6: Hey Quinn. Uh, wanted to know just kind of what you were trying to accomplish in this first practice, being it you know the first time you guys can practice together as a team.
7: Well, I think you know just to play, uh, you know, for guys to play together and you know, start to get a feel, not just for what you know, we do as a team, but you know, for one another. Um and that just takes a little time. Um, you know, how quickly you kind of connect in those ways and on what level just I think it, you gotta commit to playing. So then, you know, I, I think shooting, you know, just getting making sure we're getting shots up the game shots and shots with tempo and um and intensity. But um you know, and then hopefully in both those situations, you can also condition where you're getting conditioning without you know, not, not running wind sprints as much as getting um, game conditioning. So I felt like our guys are excited to be out, be out there, and I think that you know, practicing and playing um, gives them a taste of what they love doing.
6: Thank you hi. Right.
5: My uh, next question will be from Eric Walden.
0: Eric. Thank you. This is Eric from the Tribune. Good to see you. Uh, can you t- kind of just take me through what these first couple of days have been like for you inside the bubble? just kind of you know what the experience has been like?
7: Uh, you know, I-, I think well, first thing, you know ev- everybody's in the same situation as far as you know, the travel, the quarantine, the preparation, the testing, um, yeah, I think we've approached that you know, very methodically and, and intentionally, um, and then to, to the extent that, you know, there's once you find out that we're playing, um, you know, you, you know that the preparation is going to take place, and um, having whatever, how many hours, you know, 36 hours plus, you um, By yourself, Uh, you got to be careful not to overthink too many things, um, which I may have a tendency to do. So, but I I do think, you know, planning process can be really productive, um, particularly, essentially, if you're sometimes willing to throw out what you plan and try to adjust because we're all, I think, every day is different. These first two or three, obviously, um, you get to see the rest of the, the hotel. Uh, I was looking at the back at a parking lot from my view and you know you go downstairs and you make your way to the gym and kind of seeing things for the first time uh, so it's you know, I, I think everybody is glad to be you know, together a little bit again and connect and felt the same way uh, you know even being on the plane together so you know we had a good group that you know guys that have some good relationships and I think these these first uh, really the whole time we're here I think, you know, just kind of supporting one another and, and uh, okay. controlling the things that we can control thank you
5: okay next up will be Ryan McDonald
2: Ryan McDonald Deseret new news kid just what have been your your thoughts as this has gotten going just the idea of being there for for two months or, or longer, three months, what, what have you thought about just thinking about that idea?
7: Well, you know, right when we got here, um, Mark Tatum, uh, you know, met us and, and was talking. And, and I think, you know, one of the first things we talked about was um, the social justice issues that have been you know, going on in our country in so many levels. And, um, you know, I, I think the perspective that, that we have coming here. Um, that, that whether it's you know continuing to keep that dialogue alive and prove it and make progress and people growing and things improving, um, and then you know also to be here and um, have an opportunity to play. You know, where um, you know I think people you know, are looking forward to, to watching basketball, but um, you know th- those. All, all those things getting, um, you know, the, the, so the in general, I think um, there's an appreciation on the part of the players and I know the coaches, but particularly players that, you know, that although this is a sacrifice, there's opportunities um, to do some good things. And, and I think everybody's aware that. Um, what those sacrifices are that you know, players are making, whether it's the bubble and, um, and whatnot, to, to do something that I think is bigger than all of us and bigger than basketball in many ways. And, you know, the, the league has done a terrific job you know, of, of organizing all this and um, navigating you know, through this entire period. So, um, you know, I, I think everything that, that you've seen gives you a level of confidence. Um, and at the same time, we understand that there's also things that, you know, you can't control. But, um, you know, we've only been here a short time. We know, it's going to be a long time. I'm sure there's going to be things that we deal with, you know, as we go. But, you know, I think there's an opportunity for all of us to do something that, that that's really good on a, on a lot of different levels. Thanks. Okay. Uh,
5: next question, next and last question will be from Ben Dowsett. Ben?
1: Hi, Coach Ben Dowsett with Forbes Sports. How are you? Good. You kind of touched on it uh, a little earlier, not you know having so much time and not. Uh, overthinking it yourself. I wanted to ask about that on a larger uh, perspective this this break period you've been in is unprecedented. You get eight games of, of quote unquote regular season and then you're into a playoff matchup where it could only be a few teams you realistically might match up with. what do you uh, do you think this is going to be very different from a game planning and tactical standpoint as a coach in terms of just how much time you've had to think about all this stuff and these potential matchups as you enter this situation?
7: Yeah, I, I think every team's a little bit different you know for us. Um, not having Boyan, um at the outset, I think requires us to, to adjust, you know, in, in some some ways. I think the time that we've, all right, Ed, the time that, it's uh, Ed Davis, obviously. The, uh, the time that we've had off, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, you know, there, there's things that you are able to learn about your team um, in 60 games. And how many of those things that you try to, you know, to adjust to, um, given the time off, versus how many times you, you know, do you look at something and say we need to do the same thing and just do it better, um, you know, finding that balance of incorporating some, some new ideas that, that you think could, you know, your team needs or could help you win, um, and at the same time, given what you said the, the, the amount of preparation time in the shorter season, you know, not overdoing that and, and creating hesitancy in in any way that you're trying to do too many things that are new um, because it is the same season Um, but for us our team's different so i I think you know figuring out who we are the way that we do that is you make some adjustments on the front end and then you compete see what it looks like you know and then you adapt again and you know i I think every day you you almost wake up and reevaluate what you're doing and where you are Mm-hmm. No, is that close? Yeah. <laughs> that's adapting right there not getting hit in the back of the head with the door for a second straight time
5: okay thanks coach i think we're ending it on that note appreciate your time take
0: you care. hey rudy this is uh eric from the solid tribune how's it going good, are you? good thanks i uh, just wonder if you could kind of take me through what the first 36 hours were like, uh, you know, the, the process of getting into the facility, um, kind of the what what you were doing while you were quarantined in your room, uh, just kind of what your impressions are thus far of the place. Uh, I mean, I think it, obviously, I
8: mean, you know, staying in the room for 36 hours is, is not the best thing to do. For, for, for We're not used to doing that, but I think, uh, you know, the NBA did a great job uh, we get tested right away, uh, you know, they give us the bracelets, they talk to us for a little bit to explain us how things are going to go, and, uh, you know, uh, play some Call of Duty, read a little bit, uh, you know, slept, pretty much that's it, you know, and I'm glad that now we can see uh, the, 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 the sunlight, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a good experience.
5: Okay. Next question will
6: be from Ryan Miller. Ryan. Hey, Rudy. Ryan Miller from KSL. Um, just kind of take us through what practice was like today. How different did it feel than, I don't know, four months ago when you had it?
8: Uh, I think it, it felt great. You know, it, it felt great to be back out there. Uh, I felt like everyone was really locked in. Uh, you know, everything was really positive And uh, we just went right through it. You know, it was a it was a long practice, but we, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you know, Coach did a great job uh, talking to us and kind of, you know, make sure we get uh, our good habits back back on point. And uh, it's going to be a process, but uh,
6: I, la- I really like the
8: mindset that we had today.
5: Okay, next question will be from Andy Larson.
6: Hey, Rudy, what do you want to accomplish kind of off the court in these next couple of months? I mean, I, you know, do you don't have the rest of uh, your normal activities there. So, you know, do you have any goals or things that you want to do or things you're looking forward to do over the next few few weeks?
8: For me, more than anything, it's keep having a positive impact. Uh, not just the next few months, but uh, you know, for my whole life. And that's uh, you know the thing we've been doing with my charity. And, you know, and the thing we can do as a team is, is make sure we you know, we educate uh, the younger generation and, and and set a good example. You know, and then uh, obviously with the with all the resources that we that we have, make sure we we can impact our communities in a, in a positive way. And uh, and you know, also I think uh, impacting a lot of things in our society in a positive way.
6: Uh, Rudy, on that topic, why did you choose equality for your uh, name? You know, the on the back of your jersey. I think
8: equality is a, is a powerful world, you know, and uh, I want my kids to live in a world when everyone is, you know, is treating, is treating as equal, regardless of the color of skin, their religion. Um, you know, I think it's really uh, something that we thrive to attain as a society. Uh, obviously, it's better than it was hundred years ago, but I think it can be a lot better and I think it would be lying to ourselves if we think it's the case today. You know that we have we have signs every day that show that it's not the case. So we gotta keep pushing through through that direction and make sure that one day is the case.
1: That's Rudy Gobert. We're gonna cut his conversation just a tad short as we get you ready to close up for a show and uh, let you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Eric, some breaking news from Nicole Arbach though. Uh, we're gonna get to that in just a moment. Uh, that it does affect for the Pac-12 was expected. We We saw it coming, and now
2: it looks like it's going to happen.
1: All right, it's all coming up on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect
0: with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
1: Eric Frantz and LJ Salas. 60 seconds left here on a Friday show to get you ready for the weekend. Enjoy it. Be safe, please. Uh, Eric, breaking news coming from the Pac-12, a.k.a. Nicole Arbach.
2: Yeah, Nicole Arbach, Bruce Feldman, both uh, uh, announcing that the Pac-12 is expected to announce they're going to play a conference-only schedule for all sports this fall in the regular season. So they're going to follow the Big Ten lead. Still questions if they do it, Big Ten has done it. How many other conferences will follow? Is it just a matter of time before Utah State does it in the Mountain West? What's not known, though, with the Big Ten and the Pac 12, do those conference only games, does that schedule begin in the first
1: part of September? Or do see, they wait until mid October? Yeah, that's the, thing is, to take yeah place? that's the thing is, do we wait until mid October? And see, I could see us waiting until mid October, depending on how late they make that decision. I mean, we're already to that time where they got to start hustling here. All right, Fred Francis and I'm Salas. And If you want to tune into our show again, you can do so 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on 106 NFM, 1390 AM, the fan. we 13.